We are live, live, live. Hi, everybody. We're back. Helena's here this time. Hi, guys. She made it. You got your pretty, you got a different background. Is it usually that? Are you in a different room this time? Who, me? Or did you clean? I'm in a different room. I had to move my desk for, for a little bit. It's all fancy looking. You, it's it beautiful. Looks like New England, your room there. It does. We're it's in transition. I'm redecorating. We just bought a sofa that we can't afford, and so the whole house is there's this whole redecorating domino effect. When you buy a grown up piece of furniture, everything has to change. Yeah. <laughs> so everything. your sofa you can't afford now becomes an entire room you can't afford. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My poor husband. <laughs> We're going to wait for a few more live people to show up here. We're just killing time. Matter of fact, we all got together. The three of us got together early today, and we've been just talking about everything and anything. Uh, it's been fun getting caught up. I'm going to yeah. make you bigger. There we go. I have a promo to do, though, for those that... Uh, and I'm going to put this out on the Auditor feed as well, so it'll be out on audio on the Auditor podcast feed. While, while Helena's adjusting there, uh, I had a couple people ask about the quality of the fanny packs or and or treat bags that uh, you can get on our site there where you get the masks and stuff. Uh, and they, we got Jennifer got this in today. She wanted the yellow. They're really thick canvasy material. And it's really nice. They have a pocket in the back. They have like multiple pockets in the, in the inside. And it's much better quality than I thought it would be. And you get our logo. Did you get it from the same place? Same place. Yep. It's yeah, on the I, link for the masks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, they can get this on there. You can get uh, different bags. And I ordered a sweatshirt. I didn't get that yet. So I don't know what the quality is with that. But this is good. I just wanted to say, if you're using treat bags and stuff, Jennifer likes it. It's approved. Okay. That's better. Do you see my pajamas? <laughs> I wear my pajamas and my Crocs. Please. All right, everybody, comment. We want to see your comments. <laughs> Tell us your name and where you're from. Put your name in, though, because sometimes we just see it says Facebook users. So put your name in and where you're from. Let us know you're here. And then we'll get started in a minute here. But let us know you're here. Okay. I think uh, you need to come decorate my house, Helena. It looks so pretty in the back. I'm like, oh, I need a decorator. <laughs> I'm good at that. I'm good at that. I'm good She's at that. good at that. Her oh, husband has always been decorated. It's design, you know, like you just have an eye for like a, a balance, like what works and what doesn't. I Pinterest the shit out of stuff and then I'm like, I want to do this and then I want to do that and I want to do this. And I'm like, after a while, I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. Anymore. I know because you can overwhelm yourself. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jennifer is here or Kelly is here from Burning, California. We have Jennifer from Tennessee, Linda from Tallahassee. Hi, Linda. You guys are getting a little rain. Oh, right no. For, I guess Kelly means burning, like burning, like on fire, yes. California. Yes. Oh, oh. Sorry, Kelly. Elena's here from Smoky Seattle. You guys, I feel oh, so you bad. Guys, I'm so sorry there. that things are like crazy. I heard that you could smell the smoke in Maine now. It's, it's, and Washington, D.C., I heard too. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Hannah from Arizona, the barn we're at the barn working horses. Good, good. Hopefully you're not riding. We don't want to be that distraction uh, for you. I want to try something. But thank you guys for joining us. We have some questions from all of you that we're going to have fun with and answer tonight. And uh, Helene and I will give you the crappy answers, and then Nikki will come in with the real stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're good at crappy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're great at real stuff. <laughs> And Hannah, uh, hi Hannah. I'm you guys. Listen, just so we know, we're just gonna get this right off the bat. I'm always the last person to figure shit out. So 
Glenn will be like, hi, so-and-so, hi, this one, and they can be like, oh, hi, and I'll be like, what? Oh, and then the conversation will have moved on, and I'm like, oh, hi, Hannah, 10 minutes later. So just forgive me ahead of time, okay? This is the story of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it a is day late and a dollar. with her a long sure. time. Tammy from Oregon, also on fire. Yes, you are. Dying of smoke inhalation and housing evacuees. Oh, good for mm. you, girl. I've been watching your posts and uh, following them every day. I feel bad for you guys. And we have, they've had three feet of rain in the panhandle of, of Florida in the last 24 hours. From Sally? Three feet. <laughs> <clears throat> Flooding everywhere. <clears throat> we missed it, thank God. All right, you guys ready? Uh, Helena. Uh, yeah. By the way, you're you're tuning in to the WTF show. This is uh, has a disclaimer uh, because we have to. So Helene is going to give that right now. Okay. So this is an adult show. It is not safe for small ears or for work. After all, it's called the What the Fuck Advice Show. <laughs> Everything that we say on this show is for entertainment only. Please don't think that we're giving actual advice to anyone about anything. For that. Seek someone more professional than us, and that won't be difficult. <laughs> Finally, any complaints you may have, go to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Jennifer, I'm sorry. We love you. <laughs> hey, we got Margaret here from Australia. Hey, Margaret. Hi. Good to have you here. They have the same kind of problems that we do as humans in Australia, so uh, maybe less of them right now. And Nikki, by the way, tell us every real quick for people that are joining us for the first time on this silly little show we do, what your credentials are. Sure. I am. My name is Nikki Rettino Lambert. I'm a now licensed clinical social worker. I passed the last exam for New Jersey, so um, just waiting for you. I know, just waiting for that nice, fancy, expensive uh number to come in with on the blue sheet, but uh, I'm one of those. And I'm also a licensed certified drug and alcohol counselor and a, a clinical certified supervisor. She's certified in everything. I'm certified. I'm certifiable certified. and I'm certified. I'm certifiable. <laughs> she's certified. I'm, I'm both. <laughs> Mo's here from Texas. We got Vicki from Tennessee, Laura from Eastern Oregon, where it's not on fire. Uh, Margaret's in lockdown. Wherever that is, she's in lockdown. Um, all right. Well, let's get to some questions. Uh, and it looks like, uh, who has the first one here? Helena does. I have first. I always have to go first, and it's always the hardest ones. This is <laughs> this is from Chantel. And Chantel, girl, I feel your rage. I feel your inner rage. Okay. Chantel writes, I got a doozy. I'm an ESL teacher, which I'm assuming is English as a second language. Uh, I teach English to <laughs> I teach English to kids that don't know English. What did I tell you guys? I'm a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> Our district is hybrid with an option to have kids be only virtual. I work at a middle school, and usually I love my job, but this year it's been absolute hell. I'm creating online classes for all of my in-person students, trying to give them in-class support, training in new paras. I don't know what that is, doing my usual annual paperwork, hosting meetings, completing my annual training, figuring out how the fuck to teach my online only kids. And now I have teachers pissed at me for supporting my low English speaking kids in class. How on earth can I approach their rudeness without being an absolute bitch and still maintain a good working relationship? I'm barely surviving my day to day as it is. I don't need teachers pissed at me too. They have class sizes of like 
eight kids right now due to online and hybrid learning. They can help my students a bit more. I'm trying. How do I say that without being an absolute bag? God, being a teacher right now just must suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just, <sighs> I mean, so, in every way. I, I would say that the first thing to do is figure out if you need help. So you you, you kind of have to take care of yourself first, right? Let the oxygen mask drop from the top of the plane there, put it over your face, and then you can help somebody else. So Chantel, I would say f- think about what you need first to do your job for your kids and for your own sanity. And then take a piece of that and turn to your fellow teachers and say, I need help. We're, well, this is a team here. I can help in these areas, but I need your help in these other areas. And then be very specific and ask. It's, it's okay to ask. And if someone gives you shit about asking for help, then you turn to them and you look at them and you say, are you really giving me a hard time right now because I'm asking for help? And then wait for the answer. Wait for them to shrivel up like the pieces of shit that they are mm-hmm. when they tell you, no, we're not going to help you. But seriously, identify where you need the help and then um, find a diplomatic way to say, I need that help from you. Nikki? Yeah, I absolutely agree with Helena. And I think it's sad because I feel like we're seeing the worst of people in this pandemic and we're also seeing the best of people. But, you know, this is bringing back to that we're a team. This is not me against you, my class against your class, my, you know, kids against your kids and saying, you know, here's where I need help and here's where I need support. And she's right. If they don't support you, then, you know, it's kind of fuck them. Like, because this, you know, you're doing a job, you're doing the best job you can and you have a hard job to do. Um, and look for people who will support you. And it may not be teachers. You may have to seek like not even outside advice or just an outside friend or outside support to help you get through some of these tough days and these tough days ahead. And if none of that works, beat the shit out of them. That too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you deal with horses. You can handle a few of these wimpy teachers. <laughs> Positive reinforcement, <laughs> negative. Re- click them. Just click them. That's what I do when my kid backs up. I'm like, click. Here, have she's a cookie. in a tough Click. spot because she's not really she's the kind of the in-between person right she's in a very tough spot uh and and right you know it's easier when you're you're in class and you can deal with it there but in this situation she's in it, it's got a her job has to be really tough right now and mm-hmm. and the help could be could even be something as simple as i'd really appreciate it if you could withhold your criticism that that could be or you, if you could turn down the pressure on me a little bit or if you could understand, have a little empathy. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I think that's probably what is our greatest problem right now. At least Chantel, it sounds like Chantel says she's overwhelmed. Who isn't? Um, but her in particular right now, even just turning to somebody, whoever that may be and saying, I, you know, I think you're great. I appreciate where you're coming from, but what would really help me right now is if you could just turn the dial down on your criticism, because it's making my job a lot harder. And if, you know, the least, if the least happens, they hear you. Mm-hmm. They hear you and they have to walk away thinking about what someone else might be experiencing. And when they get to go to say that next time they go to say something, they just might think about that and pause a bit. You know, whether they do the right thing after that, who knows? But it might cause them to pause before they. Because, you know, they're stressed too. I mean, that's the other thing. They're They're having trouble too, you know, so... It's hard. 
This whole thing is, this whole year is hard. Mm-hmm. Or you could just drink tequila like me. <laughs> yeah. And then you don't give a shit what happens. Like, whatever. Yeah. It's called, you know what I call this? I call this the whatever juice. <laughs> this is the whatever juice. Be like, Helena would you like would be a sip the... of my whatever juice? <laughs> Helena would be the only one a teacher in class that have her flask first thing, eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm a fox hunter, man. We get that yeah. shit early on. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'd need a flask to teach a class of middle schoolers. Oh, God. Well, the Renaissance Fair, that was the worst thing. We used to have what we called Nipperkin Wars. Uh, so Nipperkin? Kids Nipperkins. Nipperkins? Nipperkins? That's a scary is what word. Kids were called in Renaissance days. They were called Nipperkins. So we used to have Nipperkin Wars, which was entire classes by the busloads on special days come in. Thousands of kids. And the middle schoolers. I cannot tell you how many times I was asked if my sword was real. And I just wanted to say, put your hand out here on this block and let's see. Let's just test. You're evil. Put your head right here. Let's just test. God, I hated middle schoolers. I hated those days. I just despised doing Nipperkin Wars. Uh, and middle schoolers. The little ones were great. The high schoolers were fine because you kind of deal with them. They're just smoking pot behind the thing. Uh, but it's like cool tights, man. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. The other kids are like pulling at your tights and yeah. fun. They're, they're mean. They're mean babies. They are mean babies. <laughs> Tell me junior high kids aren't the worst. Tell they're me the that's worst. not the worst age. I like the junior high kids. It's the yeah, high schoolers right. that I don't like because then they yeah. think like they know everything and they get, you know, cocky and obnoxious. But the middle schoolers are still like, you know, middle Hi, Mrs. Harris. Are rude, though. They have no filter in middle school. I think there's not That's a funny. There. All right, okay. My experience yeah. has been different, but then again, I live in I live in like. Well, then again, you weren't wearing a guy. You weren't a guy wearing tights in front of him either. True, so, and a dress. True, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like the cool mom. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I would ride Brody down the street. Like I'd ride Brody from our house to down to down downtown, and Grace would be sitting in her math class, and all the kids would be like plastered to the window, and be like, "Grace, there goes your mom. That's so cool." <laughs> and Brody would be like, "Going downtown." Yeah. <laughs> all right, Nikki. The next one's interesting too. Next one is interesting. This is from Adrian. I have an old friend from childhood who is an incredible artist. She has now shown an interest in photography and approached me last year to help. <clears throat> sorry, last year to ask for help with a logo, editing software, and equipment suggestions. She's pretty good, but still growing as a photographer, as well as teaching her 10-year-old daughter as she goes. Well, recently, she and her daughter entered a contest locally and placed decently. She listed the entries and placements on her Facebook page, gaining praise for her and the girl's work. I recognize one that one of the photos looked familiar from a wildlife photo page I seem to have seen years ago. Plus, it was incredibly high resolution than what she normally produces. On a whim, I reverse image searched it and sure enough found the original photo another photo- photographer had posted in 2015. So, of course, I checked the other photos she had posted claiming as her and her daughter's work. Four of the six I found the other sites on other names, two of which were for sale for prints. I mm. messaged the original photographer of the first one. I found, uh, I had found, but yet to hear back, this was last month. I cannot shake the feeling that I need to say something, but I don't want to come off spiteful or rude. Help. Well, I've been in this situation because <laughs> we've we've in, inadvertently used pictures from other photographers where they've contacted us and had us take them down. 
Um, this is a tough one because it's it's one of those things where, you know, if I went to court, I could probably argue both sides of this one. You know, mm-hmm. stay out of it, not your business, number one, or, you know, get involved because it is not fair. And and what's the kid learning? But then do we know? I I, I, I don't know. This is a tough one. It is a tough one. And the first question you have to ask is, is it going to be worth it to you and this person's relationship? Because you do realize once you breach it, and no matter how nicely you breach it, there's going to be, uh, you know, hostility and tension. Like, well, no matter know, how you do it, you're calling right. them liars and cheats. <laughs> you're calling them cheats. And not only that, it's it's scary because they're selling, you know, somebody else's artwork. And again, if you flip the photo, change a little bit of coloring – you may never know, or this person may never know. And that's really, it, you know, somebody's integrity. And so you have to say, you know, is this somebody who I really want to be friends with or have part of my life? And if you say, no, not really, then I'm going to say, hey, go for it and, and, you know, really confront them and say, you know, this is what I've noticed. You know, what is going on? Is there anything I can help you with? Because I'm really concerned that if somebody else sees this, and I would say it from that point, if this other photographer A or B sees this, there could be a lawsuit. Like we could be in a lot of trouble. Um, you could be in a lot of trouble and I don't want to see that, you know, you are talented, you can, you know, continue to be talented, but, you know, not taking other people's works or altering other people's works. Could it um, be that the daughter, that the mom doesn't know? Possibly. Um, I think if they're selling it, though, I think that's, you know, I mean, it just sounds like they both may know, but the daughter, and then again, if the mom doesn't know that this daughter is doing this, then that that's a huge problem, too. And so I feel it's it's worth to say something, but then you have to measure out. If you say something, what's going to be the fallout from this? Mm. Well, you're not going to be the good guy. No. 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 Not in their mind. I mean, you might be doing the right thing and feel better about yourself, but if you plan on being friends with them, you're not going to be. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That, you know... I mean, if you can't sleep at night and it really keeps you up, then call them out because that's your own inner peace to say, I have to say something. But know that that may be the last conversation you have with them. That may be the end of the friendship because if they are doing something shady, saying that they are, then they're going to, I'm sure, be defensive and not want to talk to you and accuse you. But, you know, like you said, there could be a chance that the daughter is stealing work and from other people and could be a real problem. You, They may not be as nice as you are. I would notify the photographers, definitely. What yeah, oh, definitely. To do there, mm-hmm. that I would do. And being so much not into confrontation, I probably wouldn't confront them, but I would notify the photographers and hope that it gets back that way. Then it's not on me, right? Right. Uh, Helena, just guy. beat the crap out of them. Uh, what's, what's the... I would opt out, actually. Mm. Um, I, I probably... If I was pretty darn sure that she was stealing someone else's work and I knew who the photographer was, then I, I might send a message to the photographer and with a heads up. Um, but I would probably just, to me, if regardless of her reason, whether she's trying to uh, inject a little self-esteem into her daughter, whether um, whatever her reasons are, she's, they're really, it, the, the, the act of stealing someone else's stuff for her own gain highlights a weakness so but that's not important to me i don't um i would just opt out and and just tell the photographer and if she said to me what do you think or i noticed that you haven't made any comments or you're not supportive then i would definitely say you know what your work looks very familiar to some other professional work that i've seen out there i'm not comfortable supporting that because i think there may be a problem 
Um, but I wouldn't volunteer it to that person. I would also say whatever, again, whatever the reason is for stealing that work, um, it doesn't matter. That's not somebody I would want to be friends with. And like Nikki said, be fully prepared for that conversation to be your last one. Mm. Sometimes context does not matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm. you can, you can be forgiving or you can say, oh, you know, that's really, that's sucky. And, and it's, it's a crime. She's stealing, but she's my friend and I understand why. Sometimes the context doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can even say, hey, this, this, you know, picture of a horse. Did you get that from such and such? It looks like such and such horse, you know, kind of like a nonchalant, like plain dumb, you know, hey, that looks like, you know, the picture from Ansel Adams and, you know, oh no, that's our picture. Oh, well, cause it looks a lot like that one. you know, just let you know, that's really pretty close. Like kind of insinuate in a way of, you know, that might be an approach as well. I know um, my trainer writes poetry and she had books out and somebody had stole her pro- poetry posted on Facebook. So she'll, <sighs> She'll message them and say, hey, can you please cite me? Because I'll say, like, oh, it's our, our problem. And she's like, no, well, no, it's not. You know, <laughs> here's my copyright. Can you just please cite me and you know, give me the credit? I'm not going to ask, you know, take any legal action. But, you know, credit needs to be where credit's due. Do you know who fights this battle every day? Every day. Gene Abernethy with mm-hmm. Fergus the Horse. Yeah. Fergus the Horse gets copied, put on T-shirts, put on everything. And she fights this battle every day. It's She spends hours every day just trying to protect Fergus, you know, because yeah. it's so recognizable. Uh, and it just, she had it the other day. It was on a line of T-shirts that people found in a Facebook ad. Wow. I they saw caught- that. Yeah, I saw that. They contacted her, and she's like, "That's not mine," you know. And it, sometimes <laughs> it's hard to track those down who they even are. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she, it's got to be tough when you're an artist like that to protect that stuff, especially something so recognizable as Fergus, right? And people change it just a little bit too. People change it, maybe put him a gray horse instead of like yeah. the brown horse, and then be like, "Oh no, it's not him." And it's so hard with this internet as well to try to track and trace and who's making money off your work and it's really sad it's sad, the, it's sad that this little girl is also learning if this is the case how to steal other people's work and you know get credit for it and use it as your own and that's you're really not teaching her life lessons good life lessons of if morality. anybody wants to steal our shows and put them other places be my guest <laughs> you can put them wherever you want <laughs> unless they download the mp3 file and then upload it to their own servers then no Ned, no, no. But if you yeah. want to share it everywhere, that's fine with me. Right. That's good. Helena, Sam had a next one. This was a tough one. I don't, this is a tough one too. <laughs> Poor Helena gets a tough one. So. We had Here. a lot of hard yeah. ones this time. <laughs> All right. From Sam, she writes, every time I have a job interview, I get super nervous, which leads me to not being able to speak well. How can I remain calm during an interview? I put a ton of pressure on myself because I hate my job and it's an hour commute from home. It's difficult to get a position in my field, in my area, due to a lack of openings and rampant rampant nepotism. I haven't found an alternate career that has comparable pay and benefits, or I would have been long gone. Well, uh, it wasn't that long ago that I was back in a similar situation, Sam, and let me just say it sucks. Um, the job interview, you're you're kind of placing too much emphasis on the interview. So when you think that this interview or this job is everything, or it's, it's the answer to the problems that you have now, then you're turning up the tension. Um, and, and it doesn't need to be, you have to keep in mind that when you're interviewing for a job, 
you are, you're also there to find out if you like the job, if it's a good fit for you. You're, you're qualified, skilled labor. The company has an open position. They're in need. So try to remember that. Try to remember that you're there to figure out if they're good for you just as much as they're there to figure out if you're good for them. So that that levels the playing field just a little bit. The other thing is to practice. Practice, practice, practice. The more you do it, the less uh, the, the more able you will be able to keep your head on straight when the anxiety is high and you've got um, what Daniel Stewart calls um, performance-induced anxiety, right? Um, If any of you guys have ever taken his clinics or read his book, he talks about the duck. It's the rider on the cross-country course who's going along at breakneck speed and a duck flies out from behind one of the jumps and the rider just keeps going. So that's the kind of, you, you need to, the more you practice, the more you can say, this is just my anxiety. I'm going to keep going and remember why you're there. It's the best I could do. I'll tell you a quick, quick story. My last corporate job, I sat into a room in a conference room of one, two, three, four, five men. And I was the only woman and it was uh, in the marine industry and I know nothing about boats, but I, I know a thing or two about creative direction and design and communications. And they tightened every screw in every question. And it was more about trying to see if I had the cojones Mm -hmm. to work in an office that was full of men than it was if I was good at what I did because they had my portfolio in front of them. And when I realized that, I sat back and said, this is just a bunch of dudes trying to figure out if the chick can handle it. And I was they like, didn't know who one of your past bosses was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it takes some practice, though. But you know, when you feel that that anxiety and that tension, try to reach back into your mind and say, "What's really happening here?" Take a minute. Don't feel like you have to answer every question right away. Breathe before you answer, and maybe you'll have a little bit. M- um, better view of what's really happening there, the reality that's there, not the reality you feel, but the reality that's real, if that makes sense. And and I totally agree with everything you said. And the, she put, she's putting a lot of self-induced pressure on because she hates where she is now. So that makes it hard to come across like, I don't need this job. I'm here because I want to improve myself. Whereas yeah. if you are applying because you, you you like your job, but you're just trying to improve your situation, you're going in with a much different mental attitude for the interview than you are in her situation. You can just tell by what she wrote in two paragraphs here, right? Yeah. Uh, I love what you said, Helena, about you're also interviewing them. You're wanting to determine whether you live there. Now, you can't come across yes. arrogant and like a pig, right? But no, you, no. But I, I, another example, I think I had a job early in my sales career where I went in and first thing they did was give you the sales test. The, this is pre, pre-online. So you had to do the sales test that was handwritten and then it got shipped off and it comes back a, a week later and then you come in for the interview. I flunked the sales test hands down. They didn't tell me that. They still did the interview. I got a call two days later and said, we interviewed like 30 people for the sales job. Um, You were the only one that flunked the sales test, but you're the only one that closed us in the interview. Wow. And they hired me. 
and I worked there for like five years. But I was the only one that in the interview closed them, nice. you know, and and questioned the Wolf them. Of Wall Street. Yeah. So, <laughs> but and they said, you know, so they were like, I don't know, we're not sure we're going to use that test anymore. <laughs> uh, so it was very interesting. I don't know, Nikki, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, absolutely, Sam. You're actually in a really good position because you have a job looking for a job. Exactly. So, That's the other thing. It's always yeah, better to look for a job when you have one. It's always better yeah. looking for a job. I hire a lot of people. And one of the things, like Helena was saying, is own the room. You know, you are the expert in your field. If you're going to, in your field for applying it, own it. Be okay with saying, I don't know, if you, or not, I don't know, but saying, you know, tell me more about that in the interview if you're not, you know, you don't know what they're asking or you don't have skills in that area. Um, and really know the business, know the company you're working through for and coming in with questions for them because they like that. They want to talk about their company. They want to talk about their agency and, you know, what goes on there. Um, not just, I have a lot of people just sit there and be like, okay, any questions? No. Um, I've hired a lot of people based on their moxie. Like they come in and they have this confidence. They have this air that they're going to not be a pushover. Um, especially when we're working with uh, criminals and drug addicts and, you know, people who are going to manipulate you. I want somebody going to come in and not, you know, care what anybody says to you, I don't want you to blink an eye and I'll train you the rest of the experience. So I think you're putting a lot of pressure, like Glenn said, because you want it so badly. Act like you don't want it. I mean, it sounds so awful, but act like, you know, I don't really need this and you might be a little bit calmer. I have a job. You still have you're getting your bills paid, but I would love to have it work for you. I would love to be part of your team. I would love to be part of this company. And I think that might make you a little less nervous. And and not sound so desperate. And not sound so desperate because we can feel that. People can read that and be like, why is she so desperate? Why is she so anxious? Why is she so scared? Yeah. The, the, the Having a plan B, one of the things that I do whenever I get really tense about an opportunity is I think, well, what's the worst case scenario and could I survive it? If mm -hmm. I lost, if I had to quit my job, if my job is so bad and I had to quit it and go work for Old Navy, could I do that? Right? Like, no, I yeah, and you go. Navy. And you've done <laughs> no. that. I mean, you've quit jobs when you couldn't afford to quit jobs. I know. Whatever it is, you. though, yeah. really uh, go through the emotional um, practice points of what would happen if I walked out on this job today and I had to take some temporary <sighs> position or something. Could I survive it? And you honestly, if you really sit down and think about this, you can. You're like, yeah, I could work at Old Navy or I could, whatever, I could sling hash. I could work at the mm -hmm. Renaissance Fair. Um, I could move. I, I, I could say I could give up my three-bedroom house and go live in a one-bedroom condo in Ocala. Sure. You go through that and you say, what can I really handle? And that helps you feel less desperate because you're like, you know what? Worst case scenario, I can deal with it. So here I am interviewing for this job. It's okay if I don't get it. Whatever happens, I'll be fine. And maybe, like you said, look outside the box. Maybe it's taking two part-time jobs instead of a full-time job. Maybe it's, you know, taking two things you really like to do, then one thing you really hate to do and try to see if you make it financially work. Um, sometimes that's the better outcome. Okay. Uh, I have the next one here. This was really long, and I'm going to boil it down. And God, I've had this happen. We, we, we did have this happen. Oh, no. Ah, this is a tough one. Kat sent this one in. Really long. Bottom line, fighting screaming neighbors with a puppy. One day, she, he she thought that 
basically the I don't the puppy came in because um the they they all they're in a hallway it's an apartment complex uh they're walking the puppy so they have to take the puppy out and she runs into him in the hallway the girl tries to be nice guy never at all talks to her they fighting and screaming all the time she says i'm generally non-confrontational with neighbors and i've seen her a few times apparently one day she heard him she apparently locked herself in the bedroom. She heard him break down the door and thought he was choking her, is what it's Choking her, the, the woman? The woman. Not the, the puppy. The dog just kind of is an incidental thing comes into this. Other Thank than God, because I'd be like, think me too. I'm was, like, well, I'm like, I kind of did think, I think that he was beating on the dog, too. Okay. Um, so she said, uh, I've seen them a few times since this incident, but I had no idea how to say anything or if I should even say anything at all. We're more the, hey, your puppy is the cutest neighbors than anything else. So it feels like saying, let me know if I can help out of this situation. Seems like a bit of an escalation or a- an escalation. Holy cannolis, I cannot wait to move. Boy, we had a neighbors like this. The one I think it was when we were in Massachusetts, actually, when we lived in Massachusetts. And there is nothing harder to listen to. And you can call the police and they'll come out and they'll say, don't do that again. And the next night they're doing it again. I mean, it's, it, it is a cycle that... And unfortunately, when you try to help, and Nikki, you know better than you're, this is your area, mm-hmm. but you try to help in these situations, and boy, it doesn't usually work, because they they can't get out. In their mind, they can't get out. They're, they're in it, and they can't get out. And, and, um, and But you have to listen to it, so it's, it's very hard on you, too, because you know what's going on, and you want to help. That's what we, we, we want to help. Most of us want to help in a situation like this. And it was one of the hardest things we've had to do was listen to that. Oh, uh, it's tough. It is tough. And it goes back to like the one I read is be prepared for the for the consequences of the fallout if you become involved. Like be prepared to be part of this, you know, um, chaos and part of these arguments and part of the be a target. Um, I think in this one, I would ask for like a third party, the landlord or somebody to get involved with what's going on as far as the arguing and, you know, the puppy situation. And it just sounds very hostile. And this is the place you're supposed to like live and be at peace and be safe, not have screaming neighbors and craziness yeah Helena, i would just dead. move yeah <laughs> <laughs> little compton which is hard if you're stuck there right i mean i'd break it too. i'd break <laughs> it but i think nikki said something important is is you have to be prepared to follow it through including becoming a target so yeah, because you're gonna because you might not believe it but she's gonna go tell him at oh. some point it's gonna come out He'll catch wind of it. And if you're supporting that in any way and uh, you know, Nikki, you can, I'm sure you can attest to this. Um, You can help all you want, but until the person is motivated enough to get out of the situation, nothing that you do to help is going to change anything. They have to be willing to take that help. My, but also this is me as a mother speaking. If my child was around and I heard this in our proximity, I'd, I'd move. I'd find something. Um, because I would be afraid the, the hardest part for me would be the welfare of the dog. Absolutely. 
And remember, people live in different situations as you. So a lot, a lot of people, chaos is normal. Um, mm-hmm. Screaming is normal. Fighting is normal. And, you know, like Helena says, sometimes it is just relocating or moving and let, if it can't be resolved. And, you know, I would get the landlord if it's, you know, apartment and you can't move and you're like, listen, I'm paying my bills. <laughs> I'm paying for this place. And I have neighbors that are sounding like they're going to kill each other on a daily basis. And it's not fair to us. And I'm sure other people feel the same way. I'm sure it's not just you. Yeah, and there's some landlords that are, I mean, most landlords that go, there's nothing I can do. And a lot of times there's nothing they can do. No. You know, as a landlord, they're kind of, their hands are tied too. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's hard always waiting for the gun to go off because you're <laughs> that's what you're always mm-hmm. thinking in your Literally. mind. Literally. You're waiting yeah. for that thing to happen and you're dreading that thing happening. <sighs> right. Uh, it's hard. Uh, I, I don't know. I just want to, want to talk to you about, let's change gears totally to something fun. Okay. This has all been ha- hard tonight. Let's do something fun. Megan posted something the other day and I know Megan and all of you know, Megan, and uh, she's been working really hard and scrimping and saving. They live in a camper. They're trying to save their money. She's trying to pay her truck off. Uh, so she's been making extra payments on the truck. And But they really wanted to go see fall color somewhere in Tennessee or somewhere. They wanted to take a trip. But the trip was going to cost one car, one truck payment. And she was really torn. And I know her. And I know how she'd be torn by this. <laughs> she was really torn about whether she should make the extra truck payment and get the truck paid off sooner or take the trip and being the enablers that all the auditors are <laughs> take the trip and buy the pony the, buy the pony take the trip, take the trip. Do both. <laughs> yeah you don't need to who cares about the damn truck payment so i kind of agree you know we've always helena knows this jennifer and i was always have always been experienced people and not stuff people uh, we could give a shit about stuff. We really could. Uh, you know, we had this conversation a little bit with Jamie this morning on the show. Uh, her relatives keep trying to give us stuff. Like, we already have a set of china that's been in crates <laughs> for 10 moves. It's never come out of the boxes. I don't know if it's broken or not. It's very expensive. The whole set of china is probably $5,000. Um, and we've never taken it out of the boxes because, first of all, it's a $150 plate. I don't want to eat on it. Uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why we have Corel, because every two years we can replace it for $30 and have a new pattern, and it's $30. Um, so I say so, sell the plates, go on vacation. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About. Yeah. Except her mom would find out and never forgive us for that. It would we'd never be forgiven. For Idea: that. Take pictures of you guys eating on the plates. Keep reusing those pictures. That's oh, we're enjoying our food. Like take a couple. Oh, uh, so, awesome. Put like ten different meals on it in one day. Yeah, and let's keep awesome. it. yeah do like do, st- do like seven pictures of you guys like different holidays. Like just set up different plate pictures and be like, still enjoying the plates, mom. Right? They would know, and then you know. Facebook change outfits. Change oh, yeah, outfits. change outfits. Like, yeah, yeah. Throw chicken on there. Throw like different pasta dishes. Like turkey just, one day, ham another. Just spend a week of like eating on those plates and then wash them real good and resell them. <laughs> That's a good idea. But so we've been more stuff, especially when you move. We moved ten times in twelve years, so you learn to get rid of shit. Yeah, <laughs> you just throw everything away you don't need. And the other thing, you know, with the whole cancer thing and just everything with the Lyme disease and all of it, we just became experienced people. We'd rather have experiences than than anything, you know. Uh, and I think this year, aren't we? Hasn't that something we're all looking at and going, "Hey, look, time is short," you know? 
we were talking about it before the show, and the and uh, you know if she sees this, this is fine. The Leslie losing her dad and having her mom in an accident really affected us all here on this call today. You guys heard me on the show the other day. It just hit us hard because it made us realize. And this year, you know, I've I've probably have five people I know that have lost co- people from COVID, have lost family, and it just makes you realize that life is short. And they get sick and die within a month. You know, it's it. Leslie's dad died in an accident like that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you can be irresponsible with money, but she wasn't being irresponsible. She was making extra payments anyway. And it's like, would she regret, you know, on her deathbed, is she going to go, yeah, I paid my truck off? Or, wow, we had a great time on that vacation. Which is she going to remember? And it doesn't sound like she's being irresponsible. It doesn't sound like she's like, I'm not going to pay my truck off at all and go to Europe for like a month. But she could also use it, this COVID to her advantage. And and a lot of these car places are giving pauses and six month like breaks and be like, hey, got a little COVID trouble. Do you mind giving me a break on this payment? They may actually like, you know, pause the payment or put it like back towards like another payment. I know a lot of people have been doing that. So she could get the vacation and not worry about her credit. So I would try. I would definitely go on the vacation if it's if it's come between a couple hundred dollars for the truck and that, it it will all wash out in the end. Uh, <laughs> Time is our That's, most precious commodity. And yeah. it's not it's not infinite. So, and the older you get, the more yeah. you realize. <laughs> yeah, and ask too. I think a lot of times we don't even think to ask like these car companies or credit companies and say, "Hey, look, and things have been like rough. Like, can I can I pause this payment? But they I haven't. She's payment? she's paid way ahead. Exactly. So yeah. I get yeah, and take, I mean, it is experience. I, the same thing like you were saying with Leslie and, you know, thinking that anytime we could lose a loved one and it's a, a good lesson learned for us that lo- like she says, love hard, love now, you know, take that, take that trip, take that weekend off, take a day off if you need it or whatever, do whatever and take the time of your loved ones. Uh, I like Kimberly's answer about the China. She says, keep two yes. settings and sell the rest. Yeah. <laughs> We're all yeah, enablers. She said, nothing's guaranteed. That's probably the best answer yet. Nothing is guaranteed. So take the time and make the memories. Yeah. Nothing buy, buy is the, guaranteed. Tomorrow is pony. not guaranteed. Yep. Buy that pony, get that puppy, take that vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and I've had a lot of you reaching out and asking uh, what my situation is. I go to the surgeon next week from today. And then we're going to set the surgery up in October. So that's what I know. That's the only change that since the last time we talked. All uh, right. So we'll get that done. And get I'll her probably, done. I'll probably get have a done. couple of weeks off and we'll have somebody fill in for the shows and uh, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> then they're going to sew you back together and prop you up in your chair. <laughs> that's right. Aww. <laughs> oh my god you gotta get a throne you gotta get yeah, a throne right yeah 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 you know i had a throne for years that thing was so uncomfortable god i think you back. should come on and do a show um when you're on your pain meds that would be i fun. will I'll, come, I'll stop by <laughs> helena you're the only one that can answer the next one kaylee says how do i make my kids listen to me the first time oh my god <laughs> i can tell you right now all that you you're gonna make a bazillion dollars I, I will tell you make them walk to school make Ooh. them walk to school follow through you only need to follow through once once and make it like say it like threaten it and then follow the fuck through and they will i swear to god they will do whatever you want the first time now you might need to uh renew this program once a year (laughs) but i i made grace walk to school in the snow once 
I did. She was in fifth grade. And people were like, can you believe that? She made Grace walk to school. I had one mom, one come up to me and say, I heard you made Grace walk to school because she kept missing the bus. She wouldn't get up for school, right? She's in fifth grade. She was pretty young. But we live literally, we live like 300 yards from the school or 200 yards from the school. And I called the school secretary. I'm like, as soon as Grace gets there, call me and let me know she's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I then I had had one mom say, um, you know, I'm, you are my hero. Like I am so inspired that you are actually putting some consequences out there that you followed through. Um, in the end, did it help Grace get up for school? No, (laughs) she's still late, (laughs) but I can promise you it is the hardest thing to do to follow through on a threat because you don't want to cause your kids any kind of discomfort or any kind of pain, but it's just like horses. You have to set the boundaries. You, you go out there with your dressage whip or you make sure that your fences are hard and firm and clearly defined mm-hmm. and they'll stop testing them. But you, you got to just suck it up and be the bad parent for like one day. That's Absolutely. all I got. And then drink a lot. I drink a lot. And be inventive. Like, be creative. I know my parents got creative. When I used to get uh, punished, they used to leave me uh, letters in the mailbox. I checked that first. And basically, it was like a summons. It was like, you were hereby grounded because you, like, you know, yelled at your brother or you did something. And, like, they would give, like, a special quote at the end. Like, you know better than to act in, out in anger, blah, blah, blah. And then be, and lower, it was like, here's all the things that got taken away. And I run in. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, there. And it was, it was like, here's the boundaries. Like you said, here's what was about taken away and here's why. Um, I mean, they would just get like funny, creative stuff to do to just be like, let's, let's fuck with her. Let's see what happens when we do this for her. <laughs> Your parents even, sound pretty cool. To this day. So my dad had a phone in the car back when installed just for me. I'm the only girl. I have all brothers. Um, and he'll call all the time. He, what are you doing? Where are you at? And of course I'm like, sometimes I was not doing what I was supposed to do. And sometimes I was just doing like teenage stuff and I'm like I don't know like I'm, I'm here at Lisa's house but then even today he calls me almost at 40 years old and he's like what are you doing I'm like shit what am I doing am I am I work where I'm at like I'm trying to think of a lie real quick and I'm like wait I'm fucking 40 years old <laughs> why am I trying to come up with something he still keeps me on on the edge just a little bit at you know an adult uh child but yeah definitely uh definitely have those boundaries <laughs> and be creative Karen Chatton says, this year has done an excellent job of teaching us to live life, not just because of COVID, but now we have, she lives out where the fires are, we have unsafe air quality, so my ride season is done before I ever get started, and now I have a a colonoscopy to look forward to. Thanks, Glenn. Hey, the colonoscopy (laughs) drugs are good. That's that's a that's a nice legal high. Yeah, you but you don't feel a thing. It's that seven hours of uh, uh, sitting on the toilet beforehand. That's not much fun. Oh man, hey, the prep is a lot better now than than when I was. I think I had old fashioned prep. My brother says he actually took medicine and that was it. He was gone for seven hours. I had to drink like sixty four ounces of Maalox. I mean, it, I think I had old fashioned style. Yeah, it, it depends on on your. Your internal dude. But I've been, when I was uh, 13, 12 and a half, 13 years old, uh, I was admitted to the hospital because I I was bleeding from my tush and nobody knew what was happening. I was just about 13. And um, it turned out I had a very large polyp, which was unusual for such a young. 13? Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, so it was very unusual. Welcome to butt talk here. But on, let me uh, tell you. <laughs> yeah, right. Welcome to escalating on what the fuck radio. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. You Well, imagine I was like, oh my God, like you, I was so frightened. I didn't say anything. Um, so I was in the hospital for a week with them trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I had every test you could think of. This this tube, that tube, barium, this, barium, I'm that. 13, barium. how embarrassing, too. Barium right. is disgusting. <laughs> so, oh, barium was the worst. So, in the last <clears throat> years, um, the prep for getting a camera through your digestive system has gotten a lot easier. Whether If you have to drink 64 ounces of something, at least you're not drinking 64 ounces of something that's thick and chalky. And yeah. milk. I still remember that. Do you think that doctors look at like at patients and they're like, do we fuck with this person today? Like, they think you, Glenn, yeah. are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah give we're going to make him drink it. My brother see. gets two pills. Let's look up what happened in 1912. What did they give people in 1912? That's what we're going to give Glenn. <laughs> let's go in there with our with a drill. Yeah. Glenn, yeah. it looks nice. Let's give her the nice camera, the little yeah. like, fruit-flavored drink. See you in the morning. And so, I, like, Glenn, buckle up for 48 hours. Do yeah. you have to get them all the time still, Helena? Do you still have yep. to go back? Yeah. Yeah. I have to go far. Well, um, after the last three, things looked so good that they were like, you can go to every five years now. But um, I had such PTSD around it. It was a pretty challenging thing. Um, they still don't know where it came from. You know, what, what it, it just happened to be lucky, honestly, that. Um, yeah, that they bled because they, we wouldn't have known that they were there. They said I have to get one every year for the next three years. It's like, oh, well, that's not fun. Not fun, but like that guy said, better than uh, chemo. Yeah, yep. better than chemo. Yep. I just talked to uh, Lee today, actually. Uh, if you all remember, I had Leon with me who does the uh, cancer show. And uh, he had another chemo today. And I said, geez, buddy, I, I hope <laughs> this is nine and a half years. You know Lee, Helena. Uh, yep. I think you've met yep. Lee. And uh, he's nine and a half years he's been dealing with this. He said, yeah, I hope to end chemo someday, too. But yet, you know, he keeps this attitude. And, and Ellen's on here. You know, she works with cancer patients. Mm -hmm. That's what she does. God bless you, Ellen. God bless That's you, Ellen. Yeah. That has got to be tough. Um, but uh, uh, anything else we want to talk about tonight? You had one more question, but it was like really serious and long. What, what did you break that one down? Nikki? The creep, yeah, the creeper one. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's have fun with. Sure. The creeper. Let's do the creepers. All right. <laughs> let's end on the creeper. Creeper. Let's talk about creepers. Okay. I'm trying to get back to the dumb short version. The barn creeper to leave us alone. The only source of a problem at my barn at the moment is a guy in his mid-50s. Let's call him Charlie. Okay, now, first of all, I resemble yeah. that remark. So, uh, you know, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going we're gonna to change his, his age then. Like, say he's like the mid-60s. 92. He's 92. 92. <laughs> <laughs> he's the oldest creeper. He's, you know, Mr. Yeah. Boogity. He's still doing uh, well. <laughs> yeah. So, it. Charlie has been at the barn as a boarder for nearly 20 years. Uh, he's not a good rider, although he thinks himself to be. Charlie is married, and the general public clearly thinks of him as kind and thoughtful person, but he's extremely socially awkward, and since COVID has uh, firmly veered into the realm of creepy. At the moment, there are two young women who are, of course, attractive, single, and more than half his age, who have literally will just he'll just literally follow them around the barn to talk to them when it's clear that to everyone that they don't want his attention. 
He comes to the barn three to four times every day and will just linger and lurk waiting for one of his targets to arrive in order to talk to them. He will present them with barn lockers as if he let barn, I guess barn lockers. And if he likes you, the presents are often inappropriately expensive. He then uses this as a starting point for the next week's worth of conversations. Uh, the barn owner doesn't see the harm in his behavior since we don't feel he poses a physical threat at this time. The barn owner called it a silly drama and said that it would not get involved unless someone feels physically threatened. Additionally, one young woman at the barn nicely asked him to stop giving her gifts and as much individual attention, and he literally blasted her on Facebook about being rude and ungrateful and then complained to the rest of us about it for weeks. So my question, how do we tell Charlie to back the fuck off without setting him off and making things awkward for everyone else at the farm? Fuck worrying about setting him off. That's yeah, what I fuck think. That. Fuck it. Set him off. And fuck the barn owner. I knew that was going to be I'm Hillary's sorry, yeah. answer if I had to put oh, yeah. money on it. Oh, yeah. And the and barn I, owner, too. And the barn owner, too. I, that pissed me off, I think, more than Creepy Charlie because, you know, this is somebody's business. And if somebody feels uncomfortable, then it then you're uncomfortable. There's no like, oh, get over it. That's, I mean, we've been told that for years, I think. And especially, you know, it's two women, two young girls, and they don't feel comfortable. And they have the right to say, I'm not comfortable and somebody to do something about it. I would move barns. <laughs> Same with like the moving for like apartments. I would move my barn no matter how much I like my friends there. If that is the, the um, response to something that's happening. I'd tell him, I'll tell the, the guy straight up and you don't even have to be an asshole about it. You can just say, please don't leave gifts for me. Or you don't even, here we are saying, please, mm-hmm. we're saying, please, yeah. please don't creep me out. We're asking permission. No, don't leave gifts for me. I'd rather not talk to you right now. And if he wants to go on social media and blast you, that's fine. Yeah, Let him. Most people know the way he is anyway, right? The, even the people on social media may tolerate him, but they know the way he is. I mean, they, they know him. And that's just extra harassment, right? So I'm going to a bar in a place that's my love of my life to go see my horse, and I'm trying to be happy, and I'm being creeped out by that I shouldn't have to be that way. And then I go home to my Facebook, and you're attacking me on Facebook. Like, how intrusive and, and you know, Bullying is that like that to me is just it's at the next step. So it sounds Screenshot like screenshot it. Right. It sounds like somebody Screenshot it. tried to be appropriate and said, listen, thanks for the gift, but I can't, you know, accept this, you know, but and then he, you know, retaliates. And that's yeah, you know, that's a bigger issue. And I think that it needs to be handled by the barn owner. If not, I would I would totally move out of that barn. Yep. And document it, right? Write yeah. yourself little notes, post-it note put on your phone, take pictures, take screenshots, whatever it is, because at, at some point it's going to come down to his word versus your word. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more you have to document your position and how this guy made you feel, then the the more leverage you'll have in convincing other people that he's a real problem. And he is a real problem. Anyone who does not respect the boundaries that you set and they can be very polite boundaries. But if he doesn't respect them, you're not the problem. No. No matter what he says, no matter what he writes about you, no matter who he complains to, no matter how much he stomps his feet and flails his arms, he's the argued, one that's crossing the boundaries. I could have made an argument for him because she said he's socially awkward, right? So I could have made an argument for him until he came back and trashed the right. person. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say, yeah, you're socially awkward with, and just don't know better. And maybe nobody's ever told him 
to his face that he shouldn't be doing. He just doesn't know better, right? Right. Because he is that socially awkward. And there are people like that. But once he came back and trashed her, that then the intent's different. That's a different intent. But altogether. he does know better because when, I read the entire letter. Right. Well, that's and, what I mean. At that point, then it changes the perception. He went. Yeah. He may have started out being socially awkward, but the little things that he does are manipulations. It's grooming them. The gifts, the well, not yeah, the knowing when to take of, social uh, cues. I can't, I can't do anything with the gifts either. The lurking, yeah. you know, the kind yeah. of, you know, to being around people just to lurk, just to make them feel, you know, uncomfortable. And I think, too, what really is upsetting is the barn owner saying, well, nothing physically happened. So how many times have we heard that in general? Well, they didn't touch you. It was only words. Like, it, you know, they didn't hurt you. It was just, you know, uh, was it six and stones may break my bones, but words won't hurt you. I mean, there's plenty of times that words hurt a lot more than being touched, you know, and it has to get to that. So you have to have a young girl at your barn touched or physically assaulted for it to be a, a problem. Right. Some, I don't know who mm-hmm. it is, but it says they're just marked as mm-hmm. Facebook user said, this is a guy who's gotten away with this for his entire life. He knows exactly what he's doing and knows that playing the victim card will let him get away with it. You are spot on. That's Absolutely. exactly right. And the, the letter was anonymous. I don't know if the person is the person who wrote it in, but you're absolutely right. And that's, but we also then enable, we have enablers who let them get away with it too, right? So that, that is the, I think the most troublesome is that we're still in a, a decade where it's like, no, but he's just being a, you know, guys, you know how guys yeah. are, or you know how the boys are, or you know how, you know, he can be because he's older, you know, he's been here for a long time. He's always been that way. And, you know, a lot of people have been damaged and been victimized by just people not listening and not, you know, um, helping them to stop this and just enabling the behaviors. Okay, you know, I'll stop. Yeah, right. <laughs> stop being the creeper. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. I never like to rock the boat. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you guys don't believe that, but I don't. I don't. I don't want to no, rock the boat. She doesn't either. She's like me. Confrontation mm-hmm. don't like it. Nope. I, I don't like it because by the time you make me be confrontational, then it's a shit show. Like it's just I have it's zero to sixty. Um, but we don't need to be that way. So I think as the real victims, we have to get comfortable being direct the first time. And so if this, this man or anybody approaches you and you're uncomfortable, we have to get comfortable saying, no, thank you. You don't have to go right into DEFCON, you know, freak out mode. You can say, no, thank you. But, but clear, we have to be really clear and unapologetic. Because the minute you show that you're a little bit wishy-washy about your boundary, he's going to push and he's going to step over. He's going to see how, how far can I push this girl? Right. So being direct without being confrontational, you know, that's possible. If he doesn't take that, then, then you come out with guns blazing, I say. And all, we've been very serious tonight, and uh, Jennifer wants us to end on something a little happier, okay? So I have a quiz for you guys, all right? <laughs> so we've been so serious. We've solved the world's problems. You're yes. welcome, everybody. Um, so I have, I have uh, this is from scare, scarymommy.com, okay? So you're ready for this? It's, it's, okay. it's a little quiz for you. Okay. Uh, what begins with T, ends with T, and has T in it? What, wait, say it again. No. You cut out. <laughs> what begins with T, ends with T, and has T in it? Tit? <laughs> begins with T, ends, ends with, with T, T, and has T in it. 
Has tea like the drink in it or tea like tea, tea, tea? What begins with tea? I don't know. Riddle me this, riddle me that. A teapot? Yes, that's right. You oh, whoever got oh, that. Yay. Good job. She's not one. She's not not that. Let me look at who that was. That was. Uh, Can you imagine if Tits had tea? Awesome. That Good job, Scott. Uh, All right, you ready for the next one? Yeah. Uh, what gets cracked before you use it? An egg. Yes. Good job. Wow. Yay. He's got all those degrees. Um, I know. I get one. <laughs> <laughs> what begins with E but only has one letter? It's an E, but only has one letter. E? You guys can play at home, too. I'm really bad at math. Anybody Wait. at home, you can play at home. Yeah. Come on, auditors. You're good at See, this. See, isn't this a fun way to end? It is. Uh, uh, anybody at home? have their, They have a, like a 20-second delay. Envelope. Envelope. That is right. Who was that? Let's see who that was. That, oh, that was, good job. Um, that was Scott Kreidler also. Wait a minute. No, envelope Damn doesn't it. work, but begins with E, but only has one E in it. No, it has one letter oh. inside envelope. Begins with E and has one letter in oh. it. Uh, <laughs> remember what like you said, said earlier in the show? Yeah, I'm not good with these riddles. I'm like, I'm good with like, you know, I'm good with confrontation. <laughs> okay, you ready? I'm a bad what test does, taker. What does a cloud wear under his raincoat? And this does sound like stuff your elementary school kid would come up with. What is? What, what does a cloud wear under his raincoat? What does a cloud wear under his raincoat? <sighs> Got nothing. Precipitation? Um, this one doesn't moisture? make a lot of sense. I'm going to give you this one because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Thunderwear. Oh. Thunderwear. Uh, that does sound like elementary school five-year-old yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got another one here for you. Why do ducks have tail feathers? Speaking of that topic. Tail feathers. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Anybody at home? I Why suck do ducks this. have tail feathers? Boots? Somebody put boots. <laughs> no. I ducks have tail feathers. I quack. have no idea. It has, to have some, it has to have quack in it. Yeah, it does. Quack. Okay, so let's play with that. What? Quack later to quack quack along. Why to... do ducks have tail feathers? I feel like I'm in Monty Python when they're like, why? Like, <laughs> it's the witch. It's a witch. Why is it a witch? <laughs> okay. None of you are getting this. So it is to cover their butt quacks. Um, oh. Butt quacks. Okay. <laughs> quacks. Okay, Glenn. Why does, a, why does a banana wear a sunblock? Uh, why does what? Why is a banana wear sunblock? Why? Why does a banana? So it doesn't peel. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Why couldn't the moon finish his meal? It's empty or it's full? It's full. There you go. Oh, that's cute. That was cute. cute. Why, why is it? I got nothing. I don't know any jokes. <laughs> All right, um, Helena, this is for you. You'll get okay. this one, okay? okay? Okay. All right. What can travel around the world without leaving its corner? What can travel around the world? Helena's too literal, too. That's part of the reason. She... Oh, I hear her, though. I'm literal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? I just, I'm not a good test taker. 
<laughs> See, anxiety. I I could be riding a cross country course. The duck would come out and it would kill me. I would never be able to finish the, the, my cross country. Uh, I tried to pet the duck. I'd be like, oh, duck. Pet. You're right. Scott Kreidler knows these. Is it a, a, a stamp? I was going to yeah, say a globe. Yeah. Oh, but it never leaves its corner. corner. Oh, it travels so around the world. Okay, do you want one more? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I want more. What room? Scott's really good at these. Yeah. Uh, what room doesn't have any windows? My basement. <laughs> Is that where you are now? Because it looks like you don't no. have any windows. You're no. looking like a creeper now with that. Listen, it's you. close to Halloween. I'm getting in the mood. It's my. I uh, love Halloween. Okay. Yeah, my mm. my favorite holiday too. I love Halloween. I can't wait. What room does not have any windows? Um, this is a five year old one, by the way. So th- th- think that makes us feel old. better, Glenn. Thank you. We're just like, <laughs> just, we're like stumping ourselves. Like, ah, Romper room, boardroom, buyer, mushroom. Yes, that is. Oh, that yeah. mushroom. Is that Scott Who's again? That? That's Linda got that one. Good Yay, job, Linda. Linda. All right. All right. I, I'm gonna, how about if I give you guys one? Okay. This is a, a riddle. I make two people out of one. What am I? I Thank God my people. life didn't pen, doesn't pen on this because I'd be I'd be dead. Okay, um, I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. <laughs> it's something that dressage riders oh shit uh, I make uh, people out of get work. to use fairly regularly. Oh yeah, people out of one not uh, tail coat or what um shad belly. No, I don't know what we use. We don't use regularly. We use. God, that makes me look like a bad dressage rider right now. I make two people <laughs> out of one. I need to ask Reese and Philip this the next time I'm on the show. Two people out of one. A mirror? A center line? Yes. A, mirror. a mirror. Oh, oh. Good job. Who was that? Let me look. Let me guess, Scott. Uh, no, Ellen got that. Good Yay, job, Ellen. Ellen. Good job. Hey, I came up with a good one. There you go. Yeah, you got to get Reese and, Reese and uh, Philip. That'd be great. What goes up and down the stairs without moving? An escalator? No, it moves. The, yeah, it moves. The rug? Uh, that's right. The carpet. Oh, you the got rug. one! Yay! Woo! I got one! Yay! Yay! Yes! We can quit now. Helena got one. Oh, Hi! Yes. Look who's here. Hi! Oh. This is Jax. There's Hi. Jax and Mia. Hi, Jax. <laughs> oh, my God. Hi, Jax. Come here. Go sit. You want to say hi? Jax. But Jax is an Australian cattle dog mix. He's a rescue. And oh. uh, then there's uh, Nia, who's actually is her adoptiversary today. We got her a year ago. And she is on camera, Jack. And she is um, a red coonhound mix, and they're both rescues. He was so she's near him, which is why he's growling. He's Mr. Grumsky here. Look at um, his eyes. Mayhem. Mayhem. So I call him Mr. Grumsky because after uh, 8 30, he gets really Grumsky. But yeah, he was a rescue. He was found with his sisters on the streets of Georgia. Aww. And they, this, um, it's called Wolf Love. They rescue him and they rescued her um, from really a, like a situation that wasn't bad. She was uh, not on the roadside, but she was abandoned at a 
shelter after a guy went to rehab and didn't take care of her. So, yeah, they get along usually really fine. They're very much like brothers and sisters. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's funny after sounds- eight, he turns into Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Yeah. Hyde. He does. He's so grumpy. Here, my this is this is Nia. Oh, <laughs> oh there's a lover yeah. for you. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so now they're there, you know. I thought Jax had a little southern a southern bark there. He yeah. does have southern bark. He's a little dingo, so he's got a little uh, a little Australian. To he him does too. look dingoish. Yeah, well, that's he does. What they are. His Australian yeah. cattle dogs are part dingo. Um, so, but he is. He actually does his ruin. It sounds like he's like an aborigine from like the wilderness. But uh, he's uh, yeah, he's really cool. It's like Scrappy Doo. So, oh, <laughs> Scrappy yeah. Doo. So yeah, they of course they want the attention now. They realize that I'm not talking to them and. Uh, you know. <laughs> Helena, do you have a dog now? No. We don't either. We still didn't get one. No. Yeah. I have two horses and two cats. Why didn't you get... We just decided that we're kind of enjoying life without a dog in the house right now. Because I worry. I worry about everybody. And I have a thoroughbred mare. Who's, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's That's a project and a half. Being rehabbed. I uh, Yeah. I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning so she can have her medication before she eats her food. You know, like, that's fun. Um, although I've been trolling some of the pet finder sites, huh? How's it long? How long has it been since you, uh, a year and three months? Yeah. We're about a year too. And then Jennifer keeps posting these pictures of greyhounds and I'm like, do not do that. If, if you, (gasps) Oh wait, how long has it been since I had a dog? Yeah. Oh, about three years. About three years. Yeah. Yeah. I usually last about a year and then I get the itch. Oh, I have the itch. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, the greyhounds are hard. I mean, we had the two greyhounds, and sometimes we look too, but it, it's uh, you know, it's it's hard to get a third dog or to get a greyhound again. They were well, we greyhounds them. sometimes a lot of get along with other dogs, and sometimes <laughs> don't. If they yeah. get along sometimes with other greyhounds better than they get along with other breeds. Um, <laughs> they they and it's not that they get aggressive; they just get a, go into a corner and turn into a ball of terror. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we it were hard lucky. to. It's hard to adopt because we have cats. So a lot of the adoptable dogs are not good with cats. So, and um, like 80% of what's out there are some pit bull type or terrier cross who has a high prey drive. So it's like, can't go to a house with cats. You know, I'm like, oh, so what do I do? So we're looking for like, um, like a shepherd type, honestly. Uh, um, uh, Great Pyrenees, you know, the large breeds. Oh, that'd be nice. There's not a lot out there. And we we tried rescuing a foxhound, and he ran away. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, foxhounds are risky. They're risky. Oh, that was bad. He was totally not socialized. If he heard a man's voice, the poor thing would defecate all over the place. And mm. like, That's horrible. Oh, That's- I was like sick to my stomach. Um, so we had to make other arrangements for him. But um, so, I, so now I'm even afraid to like take in a – retired hound because i don't want them taken off you know they'll they can go 50 miles 100 miles going back to wherever they came from so i can't have my heart broken again i don't know that's a tough one yeah and and our our landlord took um cats when our cat died uh all of a sudden the next year the lease came out and there were no cats listed Oh, this was no problem. The beast. Was good. Oh, the beast was a nightmare. What are you talking about? No, he about? wasn't. He was a nightmare. No, he wasn't. He was either lay in your lap really quiet or scratch your face off. He was. He was That's bipolar. what cats do. 
That's what it, that's what I do. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Oh. Yeah. They, oh. Buck's always going to work with scratch marks, and they go, "Why do you get those?" It's and he goes, "It's the cat." When really, it's, it's Alina that's uh, scratching his face off. And they'll be like, I didn't even realize you had a cat. Be like, I don't. That's <laughs> <laughs> my wife. That's <laughs> my wife had a bad day. Oh. No, yeah. We uh these two are good with cats. They used to have a best friend next door that was uh called Meow and that was their cat. So they would play with them. But it's hard. Yeah, you gotta it's hard to not have a dog. I cannot not have a dog. Do you dog. miss having the greyhounds who are just so laid back that you never really even notice they're there? So I do some. I, yeah. I mean, I miss the breed. I had really lucked out with Thomas and Tori. I mean, Thomas was a big goofball and Tori was pretty cool. Um, but I don't miss the vet bills. Uh, mm. I don't miss they were always getting hurt. In fact, to the point yeah. that my husband had to sew up Thomas at one time because he was always going to the vet. So we sewed him up one day by ourselves um, late at night when he, Tori scratched him, cut his butt open and we sewed them up um and i mean at that point i realized that i'm definitely living off the grid with my husband i'm like i'm one like one gun short of being in the wilderness because he got the survival kit and we took him to the vet the next day and the vet's like yeah you did a good job i'm like don't tell him that do not tell him he did a good job sewing up his dog because he's gonna try to sew up me next i was like i was like like, do not tell him it was horrible you could have hurt the dog but uh i do miss like they're just cool like they're just kind of cool relaxed and laid down you're right they have the thinnest skin of any dog they're like the thoroughbreds of the dog world so thin and anything Mm -hmm. they would get a cut Anything. Anything. I would be afraid I would break it though. Like I, I want something like beefy that's kind of. Gonna... Oh no! You want to break it? Get an Italian greyhound. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they well, are it. like the tiny yeah. little minuscule and the versions. sweaters. Yeah. yeah, we always have to bundle our greyhounds up for the most point. Like when it gets cool out, because they did have that thin skin. And yeah, I mean, I just I feel bad for the the dogs in need, but it's I love having the dogs that like catch a frisbee and like go play ball and have the energy because our greyhounds were like fetch that yourself. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what is this? this yeah, is greyhounds for? don't fetch. They no. don't fetch. No, like they would play out in the snow, maybe, and then they for that what five minutes and come back in, and they they sleep for nine hours. But um, yeah, especially the indoor, we used to take them. They run around the indoor. Uh, it was really cool. But after that, they're like, we're out. I do miss seeing Glory run around the fields because she mm-hmm. would just tear around. Oh, they haul ass. Yeah, and when there's two of them, they really get going. Yes. Yeah, then they fly. And it's See, so fun to you watch a greyhound just, run. You can't have one dog. You have to have two no. so they keep each other company. And, you know, one vet bill turns into two vet bills. I'll get another dog. I'll get two. Do- I'll get two yeah, dogs. You right. had the papillon because they are a nightmare of little oh, dogs. No. Uh, uh, that was Scott. Scott had a papillon. Oh my god. When I was with that tech, I got bit more often from the little dogs than the big ones. Honest yeah. to God, I got bit way more. Which was your least favorite breed when you were? We'll piss off somebody in the audience, but go ahead. Yeah. Oh, remember, I'm going to piss off a lot of people radio. right now. I'm Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> My least favorite breed is the Jack Russell Terriers. Ooh, oh, that's it. Yep. Not a lot of people. Yeah, half the audience is gone. Yep. JRTs. <laughs> nope. 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 And nope. Nope. You know what I really like, and Jamie's always had them, and they're the coolest dogs when I go to visit the Basset Hounds, but they oh, always look yes. like they have health problems. Agreed. They're big yeah. dogs and short dog bodies. They're, yeah, but they seem so like, blah, blah, I'm happy yeah, with the I world. Love them. <laughs> they are. I They'll just lay down them. anywhere. 
And they'll lay down and you cannot get them to move. You cannot get them to, you cannot convince them otherwise. When it's nap time, it's nap time. I like, I mean, I really like all dogs, but like I said, the little ones do tend to have a little bit more, um, they need anger management classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Christy says chihuahuas are the worst. Now we pissed off Mary Kitzmiller, who's like 20 okay. of them. Um, <laughs> Jennifer said Jack Russell terrorist. First it's time true. I ever met Mary was like, I was at like, uh, Road to the Horse, I think. And she had one in her coat. It was right there. A little chihuahua sticking out um, with the tongue. Uh, <laughs> the tongue and the bug eyes. Like they, yes. bug eyes. they look like Igor from Young Frankenstein. I just can't. Ha- I'm sorry, Mary. I can't handle the little tongue sticking out all the time. It drives me insane. I just want to shove it back in. They're, not, they're definitely not my favorite or like the chow chows or the big puppy or I, I'm not big. Like I'm not a big little. I don't like pugs. I know probably not. I don't like pugs again. either. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know. I know Why? people love them. I'm sorry, people who have pugs, but I just don't find them cute. I just what's don't. The, what's the one that used to sit across from me at Smart Pack at the, at the cubicle next door? It was a Boston Terrier. Terrier. Mm-hmm. With the flat face? Yeah. The French, and, or French Bulldog, or is it? It was it's a Boston Terrier. Yeah. Little, you know, and mm-hmm. used to climb up because you bring dogs there, and they were short. They were short cubicles. So the dog used to stand on the chair and stare at me all day. <laughs> 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 He was your creeper. <laughs> he was my creeper. <laughs> if you take a Sharpie and draw eyebrows on them, it leads to hours of entertainment. I don't know who you are, but you be my best friend. <laughs> we have well, a pug. Our, our landlords yes. have the coolest little pug. I know. They can be. Yeah. We, I just, and yeah. She, is, she is 19. And wow. pugs don't usually live that long. No, they don't. But she Very still walks, old. still gets around. We take care of her when they go away. So she comes up to our house. Her name's Lisa. She's a cool little dog. Well, I think like the the Facebook user said that well bred because when we took when I had Tori and took her to the hospital, um, the emergency room, there's tons of pugs and having issues and problems, and I think that's it too is the overbreeding of a lot of these dogs, and it's a shame. And well, I what love, they've done the German shepherds is just it's horrible. The breed standards have not done the animals any service. No. Like mm-hmm. when you see those German shepherds and they're uphill like this and, mm-hmm. and have no back end at all. It, ugh. And the English bulldogs that can't even, they can't even give them live births and their heads are so big and they have skin problems and it's, you know, and it's so sad and they pay like thousands of dollars, $3,000, $4,000 for these dogs. And it's, it's just really sad. Yeah. I'll give me a rescue mutt any day. They're my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we've been talking for an hour and a half. We probably mm-hmm. should go now. Um, oh, it's right. been fun though. Yeah. It's been, it's been great. If I you hope missed any part of this, we'll put the whole thing on the uh, HRN. I'll put it on tomorrow morning. I'll put it on the HRN Auditor page or the HRN Auditor Ooh. feed. Uh, we'll put it up there. So, and send us more drama. Send us some funny drama. Send us yeah. some crazy, we had wacky stuff. Serious drama this time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love, love the barn people crazy. drama. That's that's like, yes. that's that's an easy one for us. Like if you have barn people drama, like you know, like someone's always taking borrowing my tack brush or my. Sorry, yeah, my, this time we had a creeper. That was more serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was more serious. Yeah. Or, or the whip stealers. The ones that are like, can I just borrow your whip for a minute? Or your, <laughs> can I just not? And you never see it again. I, I get the tackiest like equipment, like whips and like spurs and anything like that. Just and gloves because I know it's mine. So I can be like, yo, give it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here. All right. I'm going to, can I wrap with like a, a story that I heard a, a barn yes. drama yes. problem yes. from somebody? This is a little bit crazy. This is a woman who um, goes down to Aiken every year. She has three horses, uh, her mare, she rides third level. 
And so she goes down to Aiken and she trains with all the, and at this big fancy barn and the barn just had this, like, um, it's, I think it's GGT or G G something DT footing. It's yeah. this super fancy technical Million stuff. Million dollar stuff. Yeah. yeah. Not like money. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's worth <laughs> a lot of money. So she was riding in a clinic. She paid $125 for this one particular day. She's riding in a clinic and her horse poops while she's riding. They Not made there. her get off the horse mid clinic, pick the manure, what? deposit it into a muck bucket and then get back on her horse. So they have people, they employed people to go around with the, clinic participants and pick up any manure the minute it hits this footing. Yeah. But there wasn't enough to go around because the horses were pooping and I guess they were a little short on staff. that's what they do. <laughs> so she's like, so they're like, oh, you need to clean up your horse's poop. And she's like, I'm in a clinic, I'm riding. And they were like, they, she said, they totally shamed me into getting off my horse, picking up this manure and putting it in the muck bucket. She goes, I paid $125 for what? I'd be like, give me an extra 20 bucks to pick it up. I'd be like, at this point. And it's like, is it made I of money? Like, is it yeah. recycled before. money? Like, yeah. So what I'm would shocked you, they let the horses ride on it. That's a what would you do moment, right? I know. Mm. So, so bring us stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if she did. Did she get the poop or did she tell him to go like, you know, fuck off? I'd be like. She did. She's like, I'm I'm picking this poop what up. What a good like, person. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> I, I just, like, I'm in the middle of a clinic. First of all, a lot of horses wouldn't put up with you getting off, going, get the pitchfork, coming back with the bucket and pick, doing all that while you're dragging your horse around. I mean, if it's Charlotte Desjardins and then my horse like pooped in front yeah. of me, I would get <laughs> off pick and it up. It. That's one thing. But I'm like, I kind of, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's called GGT footing. That's well. So that's the one be, that, it's probably like recycled money or some kind of weird stuff. They're like, oh, you can't. It will. <laughs> GGT footing. Jennifer says that footing gets messed up if it gets mixed in. Jennifer's the one that made her clean her poop up. Jennifer. That oh. footing gets. Yeah, they said it. She said it. It like uh, it really does kind of um, uh, like disintegrates the footing right away. She, she's like, it can wait five minutes. And they're like, no, you have to pick it up immediately. Well, what good footing is that? It's footing. It's yeah. for horses. So if you're out there by yourself and you're really working out or you're doing your thing, you have to stop and get the best. <laughs> they made her do it. She's a big finger like, into it. What, what happens really if they happens pee? The oh my god! Yeah. If they pee, everybody has a heart attack. <laughs> no, well, I how do you horses pee in the arena? Yeah, I don't Jen. know. A scooter pees every time we go out with the cart. Every time. And really? Scooter's got this thing now where every time we come over to his field to feed him, every single time, doesn't matter how many times a day, he's, he pees. He goes and pees and then comes and eats. But he I have a pees question. every like, time. What happens, though? Like, we let the poop there. Like, does it explode? Does it, like, turn <laughs> colors? Like, what really happens if it gets mixed in? Like, does the horse fall? Like, I really want to know what happens. I want to go and shit on the on this, this the GTP thing just to say what will happen. <laughs> I think it eats through it like acid. Like if you pour boric acid on it, it's, it like simmers right through it. So you're she peacemakers. I'm like, I want to see what happens when we do this. Let's all go out and have our horses poop and then come back and see what happens. God, I can't imagine peeing. If the horse goes you're to pee, they it. run over with a bucket underneath. <laughs> or you're out. What are you out of the clinic? Like your your horse pees and it's like, that's out. It. out. <laughs> your horse should know better. Should have peed yeah, before it went right. in the, the arena. I mean, I get it. You know, you spend a lot of money on this amazing footing. You want yeah, to preserve it. it. It's your investment. I, I understand that. And you know what? Like my friend Kim, she just had this put down on her her indoor. She's like, I wish I would have known. Like I wouldn't have made the investment had I known. 
just how high maintenance it is. Mm-hmm. But um, so, but that's it's a dilemma. Anal. So, yeah. what? It's definitely anal, and I just thought I'd bring the whole uh, show back to that. Yeah, and thank you for your for our anal talk here on What the Fuck Radio. Next week we talk about vaginas. <laughs> Moving up in the world. Moving up. So send us your vagina stories if you have and them. No, bye everybody. <laughs> bye. Thanks for being on. See y'all. Bye. Bye.